The New England Patriots need a quarterback. Well, maybe they have a quarterback that they just need to re-sign. Some people are sold on him. Some people aren't. I'll tell you who's not sold on him, though, is Rodney Harrison. Now, it's one thing to say, hey, the Cam Newton experiment didn't work in New England. Both Cam Newton and the Patriots just need to move on. That would make total sense, would it not, Connor? But It would. Rodney Harrison, he went a step further. He didn't just say it was bad. He didn't just say that it was going to be a, quote, terrible mistake for Bill Belichick to bring Cam Newton back. He says that Cam Newton shouldn't even be in the National Football League. Cam Newton just can't play football anymore. My gosh, what's going on, dear Pats Nation? It's your boy, Ray. I'm here with my boy, Connor. Still absent is our girl, Sarah. This is the Dear Pats Nation podcast. And we are back. Yes, we are back as always. What's going on, Connor? How are you? good man how are you doing ah you know living the dream living the dream here in yeah, uh, beautiful freezing cold toronto ontario canada how are things in massachusetts right now pretty much the same freezing cold we've dug out of the snowstorm now so fantastic fantastic was your day off today it was so which is very you, rare so you went grocery shopping yep got, got that's exactly haircut, what i did that kind of stuff Yep, grocery. I went grocery shopping. I did laundry. I cleaned my apartment. You know, that's what my day off consists of when they let me have it. Usually, you get a haircut too. You didn't get a haircut though. Not today. I can only fit so much stuff into the schedule. Jesus. Let me read you what Rodney Harrison said about Cam Newton. Can we? Yes, absolutely. He says you have to find a quarterback. It would be a terrible mistake for Bill Belichick to bring Cam Newton back because Cam can't play football anymore. He just can't play quarterback in the National Football League, end quote. Now, he went on, too, to say that if Bill Belichick were to bring Cam Newton back to the Patriots, it wouldn't be fair to his team to bring back Cam Newton. Now, Rodney did talk about how he was a fan of Cam, and he was a supporter of Cam when he got signed to the Patriots. He thought it was going to be a big move, and he said he just kind of watched as this season went on and on and on and thought to himself, he can't even make a pass. What are your initial thoughts? I'm sure you looked into this today too, because it was brought to our attention last night. Yeah. What were your initial thoughts when you first saw these sort of damning words from Rodney Harrison, former Patriot captain, Patriots yep. Hall of Famer, two-time Super Bowl champion? What are your thoughts? That's what's tough because I love Rodney Harrison and I respect Rodney Harrison's opinion. I listen to him on Sunday Night Football all the time. I love Rodney Harrison, um, but I was very aggressive to say the least. I mean, like you said in the intro, it would have been one thing if he was like, hey, it didn't work out and I think they should move on. I'd be like, okay, you know, that's what Rodney Harrison thinks. That kind of makes sense. But he's coming out and saying that Cam doesn't even belong in the league, which I think is kind of crazy because there were definitely guys out there that are worse than cam newton that are starting quarterbacks and there's guys out there that are still getting chances as backups whatever i mean is he really saying that 
Dwayne Haskins should still be in the league and Cam Newton isn't or whoever, because there are a lot of guys out there who I think Cam Newton's still better than. So I thought it was very aggressive by Harrison. So I think that what he said about Cam Newton cannot be compared to other quarterbacks because he didn't say Jameis Winston and Nathan Peterman That's should true. be quarterbacks in the National Football League. He just said, I don't think that Cam Newton should be a quarterback in the National Football League. So I think if Kern would have sat there and said, okay, let me give you names, Jameis Winston, uh, you know, uh, Dwayne Haskins, Nathan Peterman, I, you know, I think I think Rodney would have sat there and said, yes, no, yes, no, right, yes, right. no, that type of deal. You know, it was interesting hearing it from, from Rodney, right? Because Rodney hasn't, he's not really a troll. If anything, he's no. a guy who I would say supports the Patriots and probably gives the Patriots uh, some of the benefit of the doubt compared to other former players who talk about New England uh, yep. for the, in the media. I don't mean guys who like Amendola doing the rounds, just running his mouth and talking bullshit, but I mean guys like Rodney Harrison who are in the media. Uh, him and Willie McGinnis and Brewski, they, they're really like defenders of the Patriots when, when it all comes down to it. So for him to say that, I think he really means that. Like he really right. believes that Cam shouldn't be in football. Uh, you know, I go back to, to a statement I made last night, and it was something I think originally said on this show from, from Master at Work, Tyson, that it doesn't even matter. You know, you could have Allen Robinson, you could have the best receivers in the world on the field if he's skipping the ball across the ground they're not going to be completed passes. Now, I think you and I both agreed that we thought that Cam Newton was a bit of a scapegoat. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he took probably more criticism than he deserved for this Patriots season. Him and Bill Belichick, basically. Yep. Um, but after Rodney says it, you kind of start thinking about it a little bit more, right? You kind of have to. Do You, you and I have been... I don't want to say lukewarm. We've been supportive of Cam Newton coming back, saying, hey, if that was the decision they made, we would support that decision. Right. After being told in the comment section of our, you know, of the live chat on YouTube 150 times over, and, you know, after being blasted on Twitter a thousand times, and after hearing what Rodney Harrison has to say and, and reading all the stuff that we've read, are you still open to the idea of Cam Newton returning to the Patriots in 2021? Depending on the situation, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I got to see what they're going to do, but there just aren't a lot of good veteran quarterbacks out there. I mean, we've we've talked about this a bit where it's like they're looking at Fitzpatrick, they're looking at Mitch Trubisky. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe a trade for Carr. Uh, so if they're going to go with a veteran and then obviously draft a rookie, like if that's the approach they're looking to take, I'm still open to that veteran being Cam. Um, because I don't think it's going to be that big of like a, you know, a, a jump to go up to Fitzpatrick. And I don't think anyone like Trubisky is going to be that much of a improvement. So if that's the route that they're going to take, I wouldn't be opposed to having that person be Cam. So let's talk a little bit about Fitzpatrick. Yeah. If we can, because I am slowly growing open to the prospect of Fitzpatrick possibly being the quarterback of the Patriots. Uh, I was on the Jimmy Garoppolo train for most of the last month and a half, two months. Yeah. But as we continue on the path of doing our research, having our conversations, and I know it sounds like we have the same conversation over and over again, and we kind of do, but we're, we're 
we're doing two things. A, the way I set up this show is the headlines in the news and what's being talked about on Twitter. And these are the, the conversations that are being talked about on Twitter. So yeah. it's, you know, we're just, we try to, we say we're a fan driven brand that tries to talk about what fans are talking about. And the more and more I keep doing my research, keep reading new things and doing it, it's, it's I'm falling further and further off the Garoppolo trade, mainly because of his injury problems. I think that he could easily come to the Patriots and be a game manager. Because I think that's what Jimmy Garoppolo is. Would you agree that he's a game manager? For the most part, yeah. Yep, that was their that was their uh, thing last season when they went to the Super Bowl. They ran the ball and played defense, and he managed the game. Yeah. If Jimmy Garoppolo would have taken over for Tom Brady in 2018 or whatever, like, you know, I think the, the succession plan was supposed to be. I think that at the end of the day, Patriot fans would have actually grown disappointed with Jimmy Garoppolo because I don't think he would have turned into what maybe we thought he was while he was backing up Brady. Right. Yep. Expectations were high that he was going to be a superstar. And he's not a superstar. He's nowhere close no, to being a superstar not. as far as I'm no. concerned. No, I don't think he's a superstar either. So on top of him being a game manager, not being a superstar, not being, I think he's, I don't look at him as like a savior to the Patriots. If they bring him in, I see him as a guy who understands the system, who can come in and manage a game. I'm worried about him playing 16 games, man. I'm going to be honest with you. Like he's played like 30 games in five years. Right. Right. Yeah. I know his, his health has been an issue throughout his entire career. Even in the four games that he had the opportunity to play here with the Patriots, he got injured in what the start of the third game, second game, second game. Yeah. So, I mean, as, as good as he looked in the short period of time, he was here. I mean, it doesn't matter. Belichick said that earlier this season about Ryan Izzo, the best uh, ability is availability. And if he's not available, it doesn't matter. He could be as good as Aaron Rodgers If he's injured, it just doesn't matter. Yeah, and availability is a big thing. And I mean, and that's that's one, and I'll be honest with you, I don't want to get too deep into it, but that's one of my concerns around the Patriots run game. Right. Damian Harris spent two stints this year, one on the IR. I don't think he was on the IR. Was he on the IR at the end of the year? He was, wasn't he? At the end, though, I think they were just kind of didn't want to play him because they had nothing to play for. But in two years. He's been injured for the past two seasons. In two seasons, that's three times on the injured reserve list. Yeah, that's, that's not good. And Sony Michelle now, I think, has spent had a couple of trips on the IR as well. Yes, he has. Yep. So there's the durability piece. You know who really doesn't get hurt is Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's very true. Now I'm not sold on him. And Sam Mitten today from from uh, Fansided and and I think it was on Chowder and Champion says that Ryan Fitzpatrick would be a waste of money for the Patriots. If they sign Fitzpatrick, would you look at him as a waste of money? No, because I don't think he's gonna want a lot of money. Or he's gonna, you know, warrant a lot of money. I don't, I don't see them tying up twenty million dollars to get Fitzpatrick to come here and play for a year, maybe two at the most. I think he would take a relatively team-friendly contract if he did come, and then they'd be able to use the rest of the money elsewhere. I would agree because I think that with this Patriots team, with the run game, all they need to really do is add a really good veteran weapon. Mm-hmm. I think Fitzpatrick could easily, easily be able to handle his business. What do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, he's always handled his business with, a, I mean, he's been with a plethora of teams. I think everyone else in the AFC East at this point, and he's never really been bad. He's just also never really been great. I think he could definitely manage the game. He looked pretty good in Miami last season. So if they're a run first team and they're able to move the football and play 
play good on defense, play good on special teams, they could definitely be a good team with him being the quarterback. All right, guys, we need to take a really quick pause here and tell you about a, an exciting new opportunity with Dear Pats Nation. We, as a lot of you know, we are leaving Sportscaster at the end of this month, and I'm going to be honest with you, that's a significant portion of income that's being taken away from Connor and I. So we're trying to figure out how to do things on the cheap and maybe make a little bit of money to survive because all we want to do is pay our bills. We don't want to make a fortune off of this. Uh, So we plan on working three times harder than we're working on right now, and we want to take one second and tell you about our new Patreon page. Hey, if you enjoy the lighthearted, wholesome content that you get from the Dear Pats Nation podcast, YouTube, and Facebook page, and wish that you could get more, you are in luck because Dear Pats Nation has launched our Patreon page. We didn't add any ridiculous tiered levels of support. We're not asking you to pledge 20 bucks a month for five bucks. That's right, five bucks a month. You'll have access to daily exclusive Dear Pats Nation videos. You'll get traditional vlogs from Connor, Sarah, and I talking about the Patriots, the sell Celtics and the Red Sox, but we'll also have exclusive interviews, behind the scene footage, bloopers, early views of videos that aren't available on YouTube, live streams exclusively for Patreon members, and that's just scratching the surface. We're not going to make you pay a monthly fee if we're not committed to adding and making it the best possible experience for you. We're not in this to get rich. We're not in this to rip you off. We just want enough to pay our bills. And being able to create on Patreon is just one way we're trying to do it. So please come check out our check out our Patreon page over at www.patreon.com slash DPN Sports. We've also left the description in or we've also left the link of the in the description of our YouTube and Facebook videos. We don't think you'll be sorry. So please, at the very least, at least go check it out. And if you don't want to sign up and you don't want to pay, that's all right too. We ain't mad. You can still expect us to be here streaming live every Sunday through Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern time. But if you want to get more, go check us out over on Patreon. Yeah, buddy. I'm not thrilled that we have a Patreon page. I'm going to tell you the truth. No, no, I I hear you. I I would also like to say thank you to Ross in advance for subscribing. He's already subscribed. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm just oh, kidding. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, no, it's I don't love having a Patreon page, but um, yeah, we need to do what we need to do right now. But I think what, no, what, I there's already there's already two videos up on there. One exclusive yep. vlog that I did today, and then a behind the scenes of Lawrence and I recording our Patriots Outsider stuff and you and Sarah are going to be doing uh, single vlogs on there as well. I yes, want everybody to know this isn't just like, you know, for 99 cents, I'll give you a shout out and this and that. No, like you're going to get basically double the content because we're going to be just working harder, working just as hard as we do on YouTube of getting shows together and putting out content and, and that kind of thing as we are on Patreon. Uh, it's just another way for you to see our content. It helps us out, out a little bit. We tried to keep it reasonable at five bucks uh, a month. And you know, we, we didn't want to do, we, when we started looking at prices of what we could charge for what we're doing, what other Patreons are doing, like they're charging like 15, 20 bucks for these exclusive things. That's not what we're doing. Five bucks, get all the new stuff. All right, yes, man, let's sir. go to the, let's go to the chat. Let's talk some Patriots. Alrighty. We got a donation. I'll go to that one first here. This one is from King Cato 21. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. Is Fitzpatrick worth five and a half million dollars in 2021? Yes. Yes. Five and a half million dollars is not a lot of money. I would give him five and a half million dollars, even if he was going to be the backup quarterback. Really? 
I mean, yeah, if I, I mean, five and a half million dollars is just if they're going to have him and a rookie or whoever, I, I would bring him in just to give him an opportunity at that low of a price. That's that's cheap. I they think he Cam, would. I think he would want more. They got Cam Newton for a million. A million, but what did Cam end up making? Like a million five. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So in Miami, he signed a two-year deal, and he got paid uh, eleven million. He had five million in cash last year, eight million in cash uh, oh, in twenty twenty. Huh? So five million now. I mean, he's going to be what almost forty years old when he comes to the Patriots. Yeah. Didn't didn't play a full season because he. I don't know, man. I don't know. 16 years in the league. I, yeah, you know what? It's Now that it might be anywhere between that four to five and a half. Yeah. I mean, for a starting quarterback in the league, I feel like that's very cheap. But he's not a star. That's true. Speaking of Ross, here he is. Shout out to Ross. Thank you very much, sir. I appreciate it. He says, asleep on the couch, are you guys starting a fans only? <laughs> he means the only fans, the only fans. Uh, I don't know. That might be next. What do you think? Oh, you guys do not want to see us on OnlyFans, <laughs> man. Um, on, over on Patreon, I promise we keep our clothes on the whole time. <laughs> Fasil does say that he wants it. I want I want the OnlyFans, Connor and Ray. <laughs> not a chance. Oh, not boy. a chance. <laughs> oh, boy. But you can charge big money on OnlyFans. You can charge like thirteen ninety nine a month, man. Really? Yeah, but we got to take our clothes off, though. Uh, Touche. Uh, depending on how much money it is, it might be enticing, right? Well, I Isn't feel that... like no, no. I feel like at the end of the day, we would have to start paying people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have to pay them thirteen dollars a month. Mm-hmm. We got one here from uh, Lauren Pearson. Would you want to get Zach Ertz or Jared Cook? Um, I don't know if that's saying one or the other, or if. I mean, open to both. Uh, if it's one well, or the other, he, he I said or Jared Ertz. He said or. or. So uh, then I'd prefer Zach Ertz. I'd prefer Zach Ertz between those two. Oh God, I gave you the comments. Uh, I would take uh, I, I would take Zach Ertz as well. I'm a big fan of Zach Ertz. He 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 beat us up in that Super Bowl. I think he's still got a lot of game left in him, and I think that. If you bring in, whether it's a Cam Newton, Ryan Fitzpatrick, whatever it is, you need a tight end who can be a threat in the pass game as well as a receiver. And I think that Zach Ertz could be that legit threat. We talked about yesterday, you know, maybe the tight end having to be the number one and Zach Ertz could probably fit into that number one. I agree. I agree. Let's see. I'm seeing some things here about uh, Danny Amendola. One from Log. Interesting name. Uh, I like that. Amendola was crazy good in the playoffs. Stop it. Um, he was good in the playoffs. I think we both said that last night. He had a very good game in that Jacksonville game, and he also had a very good game in the Super Bowl versus the uh, Seahawks in 2014. So he did have some good games in the playoffs, absolutely. I feel like that wasn't a knock to us because we didn't even talk about Danny Amendola. I feel like there's probably a part of the conversation we're missing. missing. Yep. Um. Yeah, he had a really good playoffs in, in 2017. I mean, outside of that, he had 90 yards in in three games in 2016, 57 yards in two games in 2015, you know, uh, 77 yards the game before, five touchdowns or six, you know, in four years. Yeah, I mean, he that 2017 is when he was, 17 game when, when he was really uh, 
Amendola, I guess you could call it. Yeah. Yeah, that Jacksonville game was when he came up huge. That well, AFC the, the, that that yeah, a lot of yards and then that back of the end zone play. Right. And I mean, I think it, yeah, in twenty seventeen, he had seventy eight and a half or seventy eight point eight percent catch percentage. Yeah. Besides that, it was all in like the 63, 68, 66, 50 type of deal. We got one here from KO Nation. I like what Brandon Cooks made on the Patriots. Wish he was still here. Um, yeah, Brandon Cooks was great when he was with the Patriots. Staying classy. What, what, but wasn't he on a rookie deal when he was with the Patriots? Isn't that uh, why? Yeah, they didn't want to pay him. I know that much, which is why he got traded. Yeah, I know he had a very manageable contract. He was brought in as a rental for that one year, and then that was it. Yep. You got to go quicker than this, man. We got, yeah, all right here. Uh, anyone interested in John Ross? Um, eh. the, the wide receiver, John Ross? Yeah. A lot of these guys, it's like, uh, I guess I'm interested. I'm not like jumping for joy. If they get them, it would be like guys who would come in and be like a third, third, fourth guy. So See, a lot the- of those guys, sure, but... The Patriots have lots of third and fourth guys. You know, it, it's I'm looking for upgrades. I don't know how John Ross. Well, I'm sorry, John Ross upgrades everybody. I think I'm looking for upgrades over Jacoby Myers. Like that's my sort of that's my my floor. Yeah, is they have to be better than Jacoby Myers, and that's not saying Jacoby Myers is bad. But if you're trying to get guys who are going to outperform Nikhil Harry, like well, you're going to end up with a bunch of Demir Birds. Right. Um, speaking of which, let's go to this topic here. Since we're on the topic of wide receivers, it's a good transition. Um, I saw today that the Patriots are expected to be one of the teams pursuing AJ Green in the offseason. Hmm. Thoughts on that? Um, I'm not opposed to it, but I have no like hope for him to be a number one wide receiver in the league anymore. I think he's had his fair share of injuries, and now he's obviously getting older. I think even last season when he was relatively healthy, you could clearly see that he lost a step. It was really Boyd, not him, that there was the number one receiver in Cincinnati. Um, I mean, I wouldn't mind the Patriots bringing him in, but I see him being more of like a number three, maybe a number two. I don't see him being a number one at all anymore. So, yeah, and I think it was T. Higgins more on Cincinnati, wasn't it, over Tyler Boyd last year? Yeah, even him too. So uh, on PFF, A.J. Green was ranked third amongst the three receivers. Higgins was number one. Boyd was number two. A.J. Green was was number three. But he was coming off that injury. Um, I don't think he – did he start the season? He's always coming off an injury. Uh, I want to say no. You're going to say he he wasn't injured starting the season? No, I don't think he started the season, like, playing. I'm just looking at his thing. Uh, no, he was in all 16 games. Oh, okay. Started 14 of them. Had 523 yards last year. Woof. <laughs> okay, but I think they – how many games did they play with Joe Burrow injured? Uh, probably, like, the last six. Well, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It, that that could have been the difference between eight hundred. Yeah, you know what that's I mean, true. Or, or at least seven seven hundred. Okay, let's let's do a little experiment here, okay, Mister Wolf. I'm gonna read you side by side stats. Okay. 
from each season. Comparable season. All right, here we go. How many, hold on, how many 1,000-yard seasons do you think Julian Edelman has? He's been in the league since 2009. Became a starter with the Patriots in 2013. I'm going to say three. Very good. What years? I'll say 2014. No, I'll say 15, 16, 17. 13, 16, 19. Wow, okay, last year. So do you remember how bad he looked in 2019? Yeah. Do you remember we talked about Sir Drops a lot? Yeah, he was. Did you know that last year was his second highest, oh no, sorry, his third highest completion percentage in his career? Really? Yes. Because last year, he, I, I just remember the drops more. I kind of didn't realize that he still had over 1,000 yards. His average catching percentage is 65.9%. Yep. He caught 65.4 in okay. 2019. 2020, believe it or not, 53.8. Oh. Yes, not good. He was targeted no. 153 times in 2019. Really? Caught, a, caught 100 passes. Yeah, so they just threw it to him quite a bit. Yeah, he, and then 2016, they threw it to him 159 times, caught 98. Oh, man. Only caught 61.6%. Yeah. Let's look at AJ. It's bad. <laughs> yeah, I can it's imagine. Forty-five point two percent. Ooh, he was targeted one hundred and four times, forty-seven receptions. This was last season. Last season. Oh boy. Year before, fifty-nine point seven in nine games, seventy-seven targets, forty-six catches. Yep. Twenty seventeen, one thousand yards. His last thousand yard season, one hundred and forty-three targets. 75 catches of 52.4%. Oh, man. I do want to point out, though, that there's a big difference between catching footballs from Tom Brady and yeah. catching footballs from Andy Dalton. Right. So just laying that out on the line there. What do you think AJ Green is worth? A couple million, three, four million a year. Yeah. I mean, if he didn't come to, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm not going pursuing him aggressively. Who are you going to pursue aggressively then? Corey Davis, Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson. I mean, even before him, Curtis Samuel before him. I just don't see him being a number one. I see him being in the same boat as Julian Edelman if Julian Edelman does come back. I don't know. Okay, look, I'm a, I'm a fanboy over Corey Davis, right? We know that. But if we're going to start looking at these kind of comparisons type of deal, let's not forget Tennessee – didn't execute hit or, or put his fifth year option on the table. They re decided to reject it. Yeah. Outside of this year, he caught 70% of his passes, right? 2019, 62.3, 2018, 58, 2017, his rookie year, 52.3. Yeah. I like he had a career year this year. He went from catching 601 yards in 2019 to 984. Okay, so he was basically 1,000 yards this year. Yeah, but what are the odds? Sorry. I bet you the odds are greater 
that this was a career year for him than him carrying this on until next year. Okay, so you think he's going to digress? Yeah, that's why I like him, though, because I don't think he's going to cost a fortune and he's worth taking a shot on. Right. Because he's so young. Andy, yeah, I was just going to say that Andy's young. That's that's the thing with A.J. Green. He's, I think Corey Davis is still going up. I think A.J. Green's going, obviously, down. But for all we know, Davis just... So if you watch the film breakdown, which I'm going to assume you don't because you don't support the channel unless you're on here. It's a joke. <laughs> I'm, sli- I'm sleeping. <laughs> um, Lawrence broke down, even this season, how he can't run a proper route. And it was two weeks ago, and it actually started making me doubt Corey Davis. Like, he can't cut. Yeah. He was showing me. It takes him seven yards to cut. So if he has to hit the 30, he has to start cutting at the 23. And Lawrence started putting out all these different examples of how once he almost ran into his player and almost caused uh, uh, an interception. And he showed how because of the way he ran his route and he was the X receiver, that he was probably he was actually responsible for like eight Andy Dalton sacks this year because he couldn't cut properly. He was supposed to be a quick, you know, a quick cutting in, but because his cuts are so wide, uh Dalt or um Tannehill, I mean, ended up being sacked like eight times because of him, because of how he runs his routes. Yeah, that's not good. It's those little things that you don't even think of that that go on into the game that you don't even realize that things that he are do that he's doing is actually what's resulting in sacks. So I'm going to be really interested to watch Lawrence's film breakdown on Curtis Samuel on Friday because that's the one I want to I want to look at the most. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the Patriots infatuation with AJ Green is either. I mean, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here because I'm not saying that I'm I'm really big on i'm not really big on on bringing in aj green but it's just like at this point like if it's not alan robinson or chris godwin then who because i don't want to just have a team full of jacoby myers right i mean yeah that's that's the issue too is if they just throw a bunch of guys out there that are all about the same talent level but nobody is a clear-cut number one then it's going to be a similar situation to this season probably yeah, but I don't even just mean from a talent level perspective. I also mean from a perspective of like what their talents are. Where like an AJ Green is probably an elevated version of Nikhil Harry. Right, yeah. Yep, definitely. Right? And could actually be that legitimate red zone threat, third down threat. You know, a guy who can get down the field, go up and make a contested catch, that type of deal. Right, right, yeah. Um, yeah, he's definitely uh, an elevated version of him. I I don't I don't know what they're going to do if they don't go out and get one of these guys because then yeah, it's going to be maybe AJ Green, Nikhil Harry, Jacoby Myers, you know, maybe Marquise Lee and then it, they're all going to be bunched up and no one's really going to run away and catch a, a hundred passes, I don't think. Yeah, I know. I agree 100%. All right, guys, we just want to take one minute here and let you know about our sponsors over at the Rocky Mountain Barber Company. Visit RockyMountainBarber.com and get all the products you need to take care of your hair, beard, and skin. Get their small batch, all-natural beard bombs and oils, pre-shave oils, lotions, hair products, razor blades, and so much more. Visit Rocky Mountain Barber Company and use the promo code RAYROUTE and save 5% off all your orders. Get your small batch hygiene products at RockyMountainBarber.com. We're also brought to you by Manscaped.com. You can get your male hygiene and grooming tools and take care of everything below your belt from Manscaped.com. And use the promo code RayRoute and you'll save yourself 20% and get free international shipping. So take care of your boys and get all of your male hygiene and grooming tools at Manscaped.com. 
And we're also brought to you by fcustom.com. fcustom.com is your spot to find the best custom baseball, basketball, and football jerseys. Choose from hundreds of designs and colors and customize the jersey any way you want. Use the promo code RayRoute and save yourself 10% to get the best custom jerseys at fcustom.com. All right, Connor, we got some good comments to look at. We certainly do. We want to start this one off with a donation from Mr. King Cato 21 Thank you very much, sir. He says, I would take a bunch of number twos over a pricey number one, just kind of what we've we've been talking about. Um, what do you think? Yeah, to me, I'm fine with that as long as you have a tight end who can act as a number one. I think mm-hmm. at the end of the day, yes, there's, it's great to have a bunch of number twos, but the Patriots have always had that clear-cut guy, and it it was Rob Gronkowski. Right? Like, come on, we can't ignore that. It was Gronk. And we saw the Patriots offense struggle without him. Right? And and you need you it all again, it all depends on what the number two is. If it's a whole bunch of Jacoby Myers who aren't big deep threats, then no. I don't want a bunch of number twos, right? If it's a bunch of number twos who have all different skill sets that are gonna disrupt, you know, d- disrupt a a defense and yes, but like I look at Seattle who has like a Tyler Lockett and a DK Metcalf. I look at Buffalo who has a, a Brown and a Stefan Diggs. And then they got a Beasley. Who's like their number three. Who's really a number two Hollywood Brown's a real number one. When you start breaking down all of these playoff teams, they all have a true number one receiver on their team somewhere. Right. Right. And, and here's one that's kind of going off of that number two th- two number two things uh get Corey davis and curtis samuel um assuming that Corey davis would be the number one curtis samuel would kind of be in the number two mixed with jacoby myers i mean that wouldn't be a terrible idea either so according to lawrence both these guys are number twos okay neither one of these guys can step into that number one role and one thing i forgot to mention the last time that i believe in my one-on-one interview with lawrence he said to me was Corey Davis also benefited from the talent he has around him. And if he does, and if he doesn't have, when, if he were to go to new England and they don't bring in somebody who can draw double coverage, then Corey Davis could be in trouble because he's going up against more favorable matchups to the defense rather than what he had this year in Tennessee. Right. Because there's a lot of concentration on obviously Brown. And then there's a ton of concentration on Derek Henry. So I, and I, yeah, exactly. And, and then I want you to back up a little bit here and think about Mohamed Sanu. Think about what he looked like in Atlanta when he had Julio Jones. And then when he yep. came here and basically he, he probably should have been the number one. When you think about the, the talent that was left, Edelman right. was a, was a walking hospital ward. You, then you had Philip Dorsett was the stretch guy. You had Nikhil Harry and Jacoby Myers. Mohamed Sanu should have walked in and been the Patriots' number one. He couldn't even cut it as a number four. Right. Unfortunately, yeah. So even though I've been geeking out over Corey Davis, I have slowly but surely, uh, you know what I mean? Like I'm not completely sold anymore as I've kept doing my research. I react. People got to realize I react to things very quickly and then do my research. Right. All right. We got one here about a, a true number one. Can Chris Godwin be the Edelman replacement because he's available after the Super Bowl? Um, I mean, I think he could be, but I think he's also going to want a lot of money, which might be an issue because I don't see him 
playing for anything less than, I don't know, 14, 15 million, somewhere in that range. I think Chris Godwin's going to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer next year, regardless. And I think if if he, he can't they can't sign him, they'll franchise tag him. So I don't even know if he's really going to be available in free agency. Uh, could Cement Hands re- be the replacement know, for Julian Edelman? Uh, I think he would play a different. I think he'd play different than Julian Edelman. I don't see him and Julian Edelman as the same type of receiver in what they do and what their strengths are. Julian Edelman has never been a stretch guy. Chris Godwin can stretch the field. Uh, the only time Edelman ever stretches the field up the middle is on a designed play. Chris Godwin can actually stretch the field just with his pure speed. So, again, it's a different skill set between the two. Uh, we got, Edelman, we, is, Edelman is quick. Right. Edelman's not fast. You know what I mean? There's a difference between quick and fast. We got someone here who's both quick and fast, Mr. Rice King. Patriots need an Allen Robinson, Odell, or to draft someone that is an immediate threat like Schwartz. 100. Um, 100. Yeah. I, I, that, that's me. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know I know King Cato, and, and, and I know that you've, you've kind of said you're okay with a bunch of twos. I know McChicken's okay with a bunch of twos. I, again, if it's not like a Zach Ertz to come out and be a true number one receiver out of the tight end spot, I do believe the Patriots need a true number one. Right. I right. would love for the Patriots to trade for Odell Beckham Jr., by the way. I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, we've been waiting for that to happen for a while. Maybe this season's finally the year that they actually do it. And it just feels like this is the season they're going to do it. Like, it feels like it has to be the season they're going to do it. Right. If it's, if it's going to be any time, it should be now. Yeah. Uh, we have SM down, H9, say Julian on Tampa next year. I've been seeing a lot of that. I'm going to say no. He either retires or comes back and plays for the Patriots. Didn't Edelman already say, like, like a couple of weeks ago, he has no intention of playing anywhere but New England. I think he did, yeah. Like if he's going to play football, it's going to be in New England, like or he's not going to play football. That's what I believe. I believe he doesn't want to play for – that's what I read. I remember reading that he basically said, like, I only want to play for New England. And I remember that yeah. being a big deal. I remember everybody kind of running with that. Like, well, at least, you know, at the very least, we won't have to watch Edelman in somebody else's jersey. We got because uh, because Rob Gronkowski didn't always want to not play for the Patriots. He only wanted to play with Tom Brady. That Edelman, is true. Edelman wants to be a Patriot. Yeah. Hassan Hassan says sign Jonu Smith, Hassan Hassan Reddick, and uh, free agent draft Parsons at fifteen and trade up for Rondale Moore. Um, I'm not sure who Rondale Moore is. I'm pretty sure you just broke down Rondale Moore the other day. Did I? It actually sounds pretty familiar. Jonu Smith, yeah, I'm not opposed to, to going out and getting him. Um, I've heard good things about Parsons, but I don't know. We're, we're going to see a lot before the draft just based on who they get in free agency. I think Jonu Smith could actually end up being a New England Patriot, to be honest with you, um, because Hunter Henry's – I know people are like Hunter Henry, Hunter Henry. Number one, I he's going to be a charger, but number two, I don't think Belichick's going to pay what Hunter Henry wants. I could easily see Jonu Smith moving into that. Like when I talk about realistic tight ends, I yep. think Smith is actually that realistic tight end for the Patriots. Uh, love like Parsons, love Rondell Moore. We got the CEO here. He says, I'm fine with OBJ, but if we get him, I want Marvin Jones or Curtis Samuel. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind adding both of them in addition to OBJ, but I think if they go out and get OBJ, they might be all right just based on, you know, Jacoby Myers, Nikhil Harry, Julian Edelman, if he decides to come back, Marquise Lee's uh, going to come back from having opted out. So if they can get him as the obvious clear-cut number one, then they'll have a bunch of two, three, four guys to all work with. So 
I'm going to wait till Friday because I don't watch Lawrence's film room until it comes out on, until it's up on YouTube. I have the copy. I just, I don't, I like to be surprised. Um, I'm waiting for it to come out to make my decision, but based on the interview I did with Lawrence today, that will be out tomorrow at 10 AM on the YouTube channel. Uh, I'm pretty, I feel pretty confident after I watch the film. I think Curtis Samuel is going to be on my no list. If you ask me if I want a uh, receiver or not. Okay. Uh, very boom bust. Like when I asked Lawrence, what's, what's the good and what's the bad? He said, that's exactly what it is with Curtis Samuel. It's boomer bust. The inconsistency is awful. Right. Like that makes sense. Yeah. He's a boomer bust receiver. He can get apparently just eaten up in the backfield. He can get eaten up on the line. It's yep. a boomer bust with him. The Patriots can't deal with inconsistency this year, at least in my mind. Right. All right, we got one here from, yeah, all right. He said, we almost had Diggs, so don't be shocked if OBJ is traded to New England. Yeah, that just came out a couple days ago that the Patriots were in on on Stefan Diggs. And I don't know what happened in that situation. One theory I've read is that Belichick figured out or found out that Brady was leaving and pulled him, pulled the Patriots out of the deal. Somebody just came out, a former Patriot, I can't remember who, and said he believed if Brady would have stayed with the Patriots, the Patriots would have made the trade for Diggs yep. for this year. That's yep. what they said, which which would have been phenomenal. I mean, Brady didn't do bad getting Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, Antonio Brown, and Scotty Miller, but <laughs> we could have watched the Brady-Diggs combination. Yep, that's very true. Um, we got one here that, that makes a very good point from uh, Giovanni Viteri. Viteri. Uh, we need a damn tight end. <laughs> uh, I agree. Absolutely. No matter what any of this stuff happens, they need a damn tight end. Hundred percent. We said that over a one. Re- I, they need a receiver and a tight end. That's what I keep saying. I don't need a combination of five receivers. We need a really good tight end and a really good receiver. The rest will all fall into place. Yep. Yep. Here's like if you another- hold on one sec. If you look at Tampa yep. Bay, like Scotty Miller's just a guy. I need to point that out. Scotty Miller would be just a guy anywhere else, but because of the talent he's surrounded with and the quarterback who's throwing to him, that's why he looks like he's an illegitimate weapon. Right. Yeah. I, and I agree. It all depends on also who's the quarterback. Uh, we got solo creator C here who brings up a great question. Now, hold on. What in earth should get OBJ to the Pats? So I think he's saying, what's it going to take? Um, you don't think Not so? Much. No, no, Maybe Second pick, second round pick. You think less? I don't, I don't even know. I honestly, I, I don't know. But from everything that I've read, it's that Cleveland, if they were to trade him, wouldn't expect to get a first round pick for him. That's for sure. They wouldn't get right. back what they invested. They want out. They want out with OBJ. It didn't work. It, it hasn't worked. And they showed that they can go to the divisional round playoffs without Odell Beckham Jr. And it's not like they looked any better or any worse without him. They could save like $15 million in cap space by moving, by trading him. And I don't think it's going to cost that much, to be honest with you. Right. I would be shocked to see the Patriots give up a first. So I really don't think that's going to happen. I think maybe a second, maybe a third somewhere in there, if that's, if that's going to be the trade. Don't forget OBJ across, when you look across like, Teams, forget talent, forget his Madden rating, forget all that for a second. Just talk pure value. OBJ has lost his value across the league. The mm-hmm. Giants gave up on him. I mean, you think about now, Daniel Jones could have had Odell Beckham Jr. and Saquon Barkley. Yet yep. they chose to move on from Ob- Odell. 
Now the Browns have fallen out of love with him. They're trying to move on. When a guy's on his third team in three years, you know, it's they start to lose value in that standpoint, which means he's not going to be worth the first. And let's also not forget with the salary cap issues this year and with the salary cap expected to go down, that's going to make some of these bigger trades a lot more manageable for teams like the Patriots who have the salary cap to take them on. Right. I know this year, this year they finally have the money that they need. Shout out to Ross. He said, I can annoy you guys on Patreon now. Connor, you like your new Boston heartthrob Photoshop I put on Twitter. <laughs> that's that's on Cam as a bridge for Mac. Thoughts on Cam as a bridge for Mac Jones. I'm gonna have to check that photo out. I'm sure it's uh I'm sure it's good. Uh Cam is a bridge for Mac Jones. I don't hate it. I think it's definitely a, a a good opportunity. If that's the quarterback who they decide that they want to be the future, Cam wouldn't be a bad guy to bring in for a year have him work with Mac Jones and then go from there. I mean, I'm not opposed to that. First of all, Ross wasn't kidding. He's actually signed up for our Patreon account. He's our Ross is officially our first Patreon. Yeah, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Not only that, because this is public anyways for people. He's paying us more monthly than we're asking for. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so he's the nice. best. Ross, you're the, you're the man. You're the absolute best, man. Um, look, I love Mac Jones. I'm a big fan of Mac Jones. I think he would fit the Patriots system. I hope he can fall to 15. I love him. Do I love him enough for the Patriots to trade up? Yes. Yes, I am. Because uh, I don't think he's going to go top 10, but he maybe he could. His stock is rising. Um, as for a bridge guy, again, Cam Newton, Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, insert here as far as right. I'm concerned. Right. All right, we go in here from Marcus Hanna. He says, Brady said Bill Belichick is just incredibly grateful for what he's meant for Brady's life as his former coach. And Brady said about Bill Belichick, I'm just incredibly grateful for what he's meant for. Uh, I agree. I think they're both grateful for what one another did to each other. And we're seeing that a lot now in media week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Look, we we weren't going to expect anything different from Tom Brady. Uh, The guy is always going to be class on sonified or whatever the fuck that word is right till the end. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. For the, it's for, in my mind, the Brady Belichick debate is dead. I know it's not dead anywhere else. And I know there's people who are probably right now, as I'm saying that typing out why this person's better than the other, but it's, it's dead in my mind. Yeah. Let's do two more Connor. All right. We got one from here from McChicken saying OJ Howard sleeper free agent. Yes. He's injury prone. So get a Marty B for him. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you just said. O.J. Howard can be injury-prone, but he's also a, a sneaky good free agent who I haven't thought that much about. So would you look at maybe an O.J. Howard like Anna Jonu Smith? Could yeah. that be the combination, the number one, number two? Or could, oh, could, 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 Dalt, could Andy Dalton or, Dalt, or could um, Devin Asiasi or Dalton Keene be the Marty, uh, the Marty B? That's what I'm hoping for, that one of those two would step up so they'd only need to sign one tight end. I mean, they drafted two last season. Hopefully one of them will work out. And Ryan Izzo is there as well. Look, I said oh, look, yeah. I said that. For the Patriots to be successful this year, some of these guys, Jacoby Myers needs to figure out how to get open in the red zone. Yep. One or both of these tight ends have to step their game up, and Nikhil Harry has to figure out how to become impactful in the game in some way. Even if it's not as a number one receiver, 
how are you going to impact the game? Right. One uh, here, more. Here's one here. I don't know. Uh, Joshua Little John says, Will Fuller plus Aaron Ross give the pad speed. Let Myers take over the slot. I unfortunately don't see Will Fuller uh, leaving Houston. I, I do now, now that, now that Deshaun's gone. Actually, yeah, that's very good. Uh, good point. I haven't really even thought about that yet. Initially, um, we'll yeah, have to see what happens. he is gone. We'll have to see what happens with Deshaun Watson. If they don't trade him, they could sign Will Fuller as good faith because yep. Deshaun Watson already came out like a month ago and said that he wants Will Fuller back. I think we talked about it on this show. I know we talked about it on Sportscaster for sure. We said the Texans have to do it for him because they screwed him with the Andre Hopkins. You know, Bill mm-hmm. O'Brien mucked everything up and they had to do this for him. Now that he's leaving, though, you know, does do the Texans and Casario do they do they make that move? Uh, and they could just to show good faith to Watson. Right. Yeah. That uh, that's what I think. If Watson stays, Fuller stays. If Watson goes, Fuller probably won't stay. All right, guys, let's end this show with an absolute bang because it's time for... Player Profile with Connor Carney. Easy one today. All right. I'm giving you a senior... So lots of time to watch him play football. Linebacker. He is the 17th ranked linebacker in the draft. 149th overall ranked uh, draft prospect. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Six foot seven, 240 pounds linebacker out of Virginia, Charles Snowden. Connor, please give us your player profile. Honestly, Charles has a lot of really good size being six foot seven. Um, he's very good at tackling in the open field. Uh, one of his best things is tackling the running back when he's running the football. Um, he's actually also pretty good at covering tight ends and, you know, running backs out of the backfield. Um, not the greatest pass rusher in the world, but, you know, his, his size and his speed kind of makes up for that. What would make him what would give what would be a really positive attribute that he could bring with him to the NFL? Uh, I'd really like to see him make a lot of tackles in the backfield. So tackles for losses, sacks, forced fumbles, maybe he could uh, get a couple pass deflections being six foot seven, you know, maybe even get an interception or two. I'd really like to see him, you know, tackles for losses, sacks, and turnovers. And what would hinder his game? Um, missed tackles, you know, not really getting pressure on the quarterback, not being able to cover tight ends, you know, just, just kind of, you know, not, not being quick to the football, stuff like that. Okay, great. And how much Virginia football did you watch this year? I didn't watch a single game. And have you ever heard of Charles Snowden before? Not until today. Uh, till like you researched him today? No, I heard about him about three minutes ago. When I said his name? Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, that was player profile. For anybody who believes that that sucked between <laughs> Connor and I, Connor has no idea 
I don't know None. who the player is going to be before we start the show. I literally, as Connor's given an answer to one of the questions, I'm looking at the CBS draft rankings and picking <laughs> a random player that, that Connor can. There's going to be a time this year that Connor is going to do one we already did because we both don't remember him doing it. So Yeah, this, this goes to show, uh, McChicken says, <laughs> quote, unquote, not the best pass rusher, has six sacks. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent breakdown. I love, see, you, here's the problem, dude. You've gotten arrogant over the last couple of weeks. I'm going to tell you why. All right. Because when we first started this, you were like, you kept it in that zone of, you know, what would make him good is if he could deflect passes and get to the quarterback and said, what would be bad? You know, not getting to the quarterback, not deflecting passes, but you're now giving actual analysis of a guy you don't know. <laughs> you say things like can't he can't get to the quarterback like you've gotten so arrogant now that you actually believe you're giving an analysis of a player i thought i was well yes but <laughs> you're actually putting attributes or weaknesses to players that you actually don't know instead of just generally talking about Absolutely. the position so i love it i i love that the arrogance has got there because yes and and i love that it's i i can't wait until i say tell you ask you to break down trevor lawrence and you start saying some ridiculousness that everybody knows the opposite it's it's gonna happen because you've heard of trevor lawrence i know that i do i have heard you've of him. I seen have. trevor lawrence play i have how many times um a couple not that many say so is it less than four probably less than four yeah yeah, so your analysis would still suck. Yeah, oh, 100%. Connor, tell me about those Red Sox. <laughs> They're going to be legit, kid. the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have faults. He had the same amount of faults as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.